Well, hello, Facebook people, and everyone who's going to see this at a later time. Um, I'm trusting that's happening because this is a very important topic. So uh, I do appreciate the opportunity, actually, um, that Larry's given me. I don't, I don't take it lightly um, to bring a word to you. So I, I thank him and thank you for being here. Um, I titled this message, Approach to Healing, because there's a lot of approaches to healing. Um, some good and some not as good, and others better. And I'm going to give you kind of my take and my perspective. Um, and uh, so let me just pray first, and then we'll, we'll dive into it. So, Lord, I thank you for uh, this time. Lord, I just bless everyone here in the room and, and on Zoom and Facebook and all those who are going to hear at a later time. Lord, we thank you just for their hearts of being open and listening. And Holy Spirit, that you'll just uh, lead and guide me as I attempt to articulate some things that I feel like you've given me. And uh, it would be a blessing, and Lord, that we would um, have greater revelation of the, of the truth of your gospel uh, more than when we came. Thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, I know this is an interactive group, and part of it is asking questions. I'm actually going to ask you to hold off your questions because hopefully I'm going to answer some of them along the way, and as I kind of go through a progression, I hope it will it will make more sense. Uh, and then afterwards, um, we can certainly go into questions. So for right now, I would just say if things come up um, while I'm talking, maybe just write them down. So we'll try to address those. Obviously, if you have a point of clarification, go ahead and ask. But in, just in terms of kind of going all over the place, it, it can derail kind of where I want to go. So thanks for that. Um, to save you from the mic right now, I'm just going to repeat uh, what you say. But I want to know when I say the word healing, what comes to mind? Tim. Deliverance from sickness. Laurel? Fear. Fear? Okay. Like if I pray for somebody mm -hmm. and they don't get healed mm -hmm. or lack of faith. Mm -hmm. so. Yep. Anything else? Tim? Faith. Faith? Jesus. Jesus. Zoomers, anything to add? I'm looking that way, too. Jeremy? Jeremy. More of just a very natural process, uh, something that we get to be a part of. And so, um, yeah, I used to, I still think of it as miraculous, but uh, now I'm starting to see it as just more of a natural part of uh, of the practical way of life. So, um, Healing conjures up a lot of emotions. Um, I wrote down... Uh, Exciting and exhilarating, and other times frustrating, disappointing, uh, misunderstood, and everything in between. There's quite a gamut when it comes to healing. Uh, so my desire tonight is just to put forth some key principles that I've been exposed to and that I've learned um, over the last decade, most you know, I, I, I've listened to a lot of teaching about it, but I would say um, my perspective now has changed for from about, about the last 10 years. And certainly those of you who know me, that has a lot to do with uh, just being a student at Karis Bible College and um, being introduced to Andrew Womack's teaching and his revelation about about healing. And so I'm going to be bringing a lot of that uh, perspective. Um, but I want to not just point out about the teaching. I want to talk about the fruit of that uh, because I've got countless testimonies that I could tell you as a result of that approach 
to healing in terms of that perspective. And so I want to pay attention to that. Uh, and, and so I'm going to start with sharing some of that tonight, just, just to hopefully ignite some faith in the room as well. Um, I've worked at the Communication Services Phone Center for seven and a half years, which is on the campus of Andrew Womack Ministries. We, we take thousands of calls, um, you know, a couple thousand a day, uh, taken up to five thousand a day. Uh, so it's prayer, prayer line is part of that. And those prayer, uh, ministers are trained in kind of this same kind of stuff that, you know, I'll, I'll give you some of that take um, as we go on. But basically we see, we see all kinds of healing every single day. Uh, those praise reports are logged and sometimes there's immediate healing on the phone. Other times people call in months, even years later. Uh, and we know not everyone gets back to us with that, but it's wonderful when those take the time to share the good news. So I'm talking, you know, cancer-free, um, you know, cataracts removed, uh, deafness restored, all kinds of things. Um, that goes on each and every day. Um, the Healing is Here conference is something that's an annual thing there now, and um, this it just gets better and better. This last August, um, I've shared with some of you, but for those of you that might not have shared it with, we there were hundreds and hundreds of, of healings that occurred there, but... Um, a couple of them I want to share that happened on the last day uh, of the Friday. We had a mother who called the phone center, asked for prayer that she would get from, I think it was New York, it was somewhere back east, that she would get to uh, this conference in Colorado in time because her baby was dying. Her baby had some kind of brain issue. And uh, she didn't make it there. And so that afternoon, the, there was a panel of some of the instructors that were kind of doing some Q&A. And all of a sudden, right in the middle of it, uh, this mother comes walking toward the front, interrupting what was going on here, but with the baby who was blue and not breathing and who had passed during the course of the conference. And so she's, of course grieving and so they stop everything and uh ask what was going on and the mother proceeds to to say through her tears about um you know this whatever the defect was that created this this problem and pre and now premature death so so they encircled around the baby and um you know took authority over that issue, death trying to steal the life of just this this little baby. And um, the, the touch that was cool now became warm, and the heartbeat began to come back, and the baby began to breathe, and um, kind of just this jerk and resurrection life. <clears throat> happened right before their eyes. So the mother that was grieving is obviously, <laughs> I mean, what, what do you what do you do with that? It's once dead, now alive, uh, in, in minutes. And the baby just went to sleep. Later that day, I, I was at the conference that evening, and um, some of you are familiar with Todd White, perhaps, but um, he was ministering that night. And there was, uh, again, a lot of wonderful things going on, but kind of another desperate situation. Um, all of a sudden, Todd's ministering, and this husband is carrying his wife to the front and comes up to the podium, and so Todd stops everything and asks what is going on. And the husband, also grieving, says, <clears throat> his wife also had some kind of brain something and was immobile and deaf 
and couldn't speak, couldn't walk. And it was another desperate situation. Um, so we began to pray. And a lot of people circling around, and I was kind of toward the back. Obviously, we're all, we're all praying for, again, resurrection life, for someone who's alive but kind of dead, basically, non-functioning. Uh, so, man, it was powerful. Um, she began to um, move, and she opened her eyes, and she began to speak. And she began to hear. And then they even stood her up. This is someone who hasn't been walking for I don't know how long. And begins to stand and walk. And they had her go in a chair. And then, you know, she gained her, regained more strength as the night progressed. But just another miracle. Um, before our eyes. So I I want to start with these things. This is this is real today. This is not just in Jesus day. This is now. Um I'm going to share one more testimony. Uh good friends of ours, Richard and mine, um guy named Mike, Mike Hesh, we met him <clears throat> when we first came out to Colorado. And uh if you want to see his testimony, you can go on um, the website, awmi.net. has a lot of teaching on healing, and, but uh, a great encouragement is just seeing all the testimonies of real-life stories. And they call it a healing journey because there's lots of journey. You know, sometimes days, months, years of journey before breakthrough. Anyhow, Mike... <laughs> And this video, I, I've seen it several times, and I can't hardly look at it anymore because it's so grotesque. But he had a tumor on his chest, and I'm not exaggerating. It was like this big coming out of his chest. And uh, if you knew him, you would think, well, what is wrong with you? You're measuring it. You're taking pictures of it. All of this is on the video because it's hideous. To look at, but it's the kind of guy he is. <laughs> Anyhow, um, he was in a really performance-oriented church, um, and he was under the teaching that you know his sin was causing this, and he just wasn't performing enough. And no matter what hoops he you know jumped, it wasn't enough, and that's why he's still this way. And he'd bought into that lie, and was stuck in that condition for I can't even remember how long, but to the point to where he couldn't work anymore and was just um, lying down. Anyhow, he's a real man of the word, and um, the Lord just gave him a revelation of the finished work of Jesus. And when there's a revelation that you know that you know that you know, that's what Mike had. He knew it wasn't about performing. It wasn't about sin. It was, he, he believed now, this is done. I'm going to rest in this reality. And that was the beginning of this huge, grotesque tumor Shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. Again, they've got the measuring tape. It's smaller. <laughs> it's smaller to where it's nothing. From revelation of just believing this is the finished work and I'm healed. Anyway. And now, of course, what does he do? He teaches about healing all over the place and he's got a testimony to back it up. So I think it's important to follow people who have an expertise in an area but also have good fruit behind it. And so all of that, what I shared in terms of all of those miracles, breakthrough, healings, 
there's a perspective that people are believing that, that have that. I'm not saying no one else is healed in any other way, but I'm just saying in my experience, I'm like, there, there's something right going on there. Um, and it's replicated. It's not about the superman, superwoman in the kingdom of God, and it's only these special anointed folks. It's when we have certain understanding, perspective, and our approach to healing and have a revelation and we walk in that, we see better results. And so that's what I'm going to go into um, tonight. I appreciate this about Larry that I've, watched him do for the last several years is he's taken a fresh look at the Bible. He's not allowed our traditions and just because people have said it and wrote about it and, and that that's, that's truth and we don't challenge it and we don't question it. No, he, he, he lets us examine it and even agree to disagree, question it, ponder it, whatever, which I've done. And there's some things I've grabbed hold of and some things has taken me a while and some things I'm still not sure about. But I appreciate that approach. And that's what I want to do tonight. I might be challenging some belief systems of old for you. Uh, you might be skeptical. You might have had some bad experiences. You might just flat out disagree. But I want to encourage you to try to be open and I want to encourage you to try to suspend your butt every time I might say something that you have a butt. I'm going to say, hold your butt for right now. Um, the Holy Spirit wants, wants us for us more than we do. And I trust that he's going to um, speak and bring whatever it is that you need to know or ponder, pray about, and seek, and, and let him make that clear to you. So as I open with, um, healing can generate a lot of strong emotions. Um, we've all experienced deaths, deaths of loved ones, some recently. Um, some of us have chronic things that we've suffered with for a long time, and it can get super discouraging and frustrating, and if not you, maybe someone that you love. And that's why this subject brings up um, so many issues and so many disappointments. But I really felt like last week when Vicki had that word about raise expectations, I really felt it was a precursor for tonight. And um, I'm sure that applies to other things, but I really believe as I was preparing this, that's what the Lord um, told me that I needed to do first. Um, if you remember, my word after Vicki's word was a lot of us have had disappointments, and one way that we cope with those disappointments is we guard our heart from expect, expecting good. Um, so just our self-protection that we tend to do. Um, but unfortunately, then that keeps us at a level to where we're not partaking of the abundance that God wants for us. And so while frustration and disappointment and disillusionment and grief is all real and hurts, I believe the Lord is inviting us to release that tonight um, so that we can take a fresh perspective and raise our expectations. So I don't have all the answers. I'm in process as well, but I feel like I have a different perspective than I used to, and I, and I see better results than I used to, and I want to continue to grow in that area. So... Um, would you just join me? I just want to pray and and um, take seriously the Lord's invitation. And as I pray, I want to just encourage you that those places of grief and disappointment, disillusionment, confusion, things you don't understand, questions that you have, if you'll just give that to him, 
I, I know the Holy Spirit wants to come and comfort and and bring truth and, and mend hearts and minds uh, in that area. And I really feel like he wants us to start there before introducing something else new. So I'm going to pray. And I encourage you to release. And uh, God, I thank you for just the fact that you love everyone so much that you care about the past and you care about the experiences that everyone has had here. Lord, that has brought confusion uh, that's brought hurt and um, disillusionment, confusion, all of those things. But, Lord, I know you want to take it. And so, Lord, um, we just give it to you. We give you the burdens. We give you the the grief and the hurt and all the disappointments and all of the things that only you know. Lord, we release it to you now. And I pray now for the Holy Spirit to just bring comfort and mending to those uh, broken places in our hearts and in our minds. Lord, that you would breathe in um, life. That you would bring in freshness, a fresh perspective, God, and and just an openness now to what you want to reveal what you want to share. And Lord, just old paradigms that we have that is blocking us from um, taking in the fullness of abundant life that you want for us. Fine-tune our thinking where it needs to change, Lord, and bring revelation of the truth that we would experience that abundant life, and particularly in this area of healing. I thank you in Jesus' name. All right. The next thing, um, it's really the first thing, is everything needs to be under the umbrella of love. That's the overarching thing. That is the key. So as I'm talking, as I'm sharing perspective, um, it needs to line up with that filter. Amen. So as you think about God, as you think about Jesus and the Holy Spirit's role in healing or in not healing, if it's not lining up with love, then I think we need to take a second look. Lord, what am I missing? Because that's not adding up to your nature. Okay? Again, I don't have all the answers, but there's some conclusions I'm not going to draw if it doesn't add up to the God of love. So keep that in mind um, as as we move forward here. There's been so much bad teaching on this subject, and I know I'm harping on it, but (laughs) there's just so much I feel like it just has to be um, dismantled. And the enemy has had a heyday in hurting people on this this subject and um, defaming who, who God's character is. So... I, uh, I hope to increase our confidence and raise our expectation regarding healing, uh, knowing I might be challenging some beliefs. So I'm going to look at each role of the Trinity tonight in in healing, and I'm and I'm going to end with our role. And this is where I think there's been so much misunderstanding with healing, including my own for the majority of my Christian walk. But um, God's role, as I said, his nature is love, right? He's loved through and through in its purest sense. There is absolutely no evil in our Father God. So when we look at sickness and healing, look at that through the lens of that filter, and we can draw some conclusions about that. And here's, here's some col- conclusions that I have drawn that are absolutes for me. God's will and desire is that everyone walks in health. Now that doesn't mean that God's will always comes to pass. Right? 
I mean, his will and desire is that we wouldn't sin because it hurts us, but we sin. God's will and desire is that everyone would know him and have intimate relationship with him. But not everybody does. Okay, so when it comes to sickness, I can say it's his will that everyone is walking in health, even though not everybody does. Okay, another conclusion I I draw, God doesn't put sickness on people to teach them something, to punish them. Obviously, anything in life, any, any trials or things that we go through, certainly we can learn as we go through them. But that's different than God putting something on us or allowing something uh, to break us in, in, in some way. So that's another conclusion. God is not the author of that. Um, if, if we looked at that like a, a parent put cancer on their kid or poisoned them or burned them, we would call them an abusive father, wouldn't we? And yet there's, there's some that teach that, that God is the author of that. And that's hideous. Um, that's from the father of lies. And that's not from Father God at all, ever. Um, I don't believe that God orchestrates accidents or premature deaths because he needs them in heaven. It's another bad teaching. That's another horrible thing to say to a grieving person who lost a loved one that God needed them. God doesn't work that way. Accidents happen, unfortunately. Um, you know, we, we are in a fallen world, and, and we have man that, that drives too fast or drives under the influence and distracted and has a collision, and tragedies happen. And God is not just sitting back, um, Orchestrating or, or allowing that, but he's, he doesn't, he doesn't violate our will either. Um, you know, Larry introduced that subject of sovereignty. It's one of the most misunderstood doctrines that, again, has been a horrible teaching throughout the church and, but a very common one. Um, that mindset that God controls everything. And so if we believe that, then we're going to have some really misguided conclusions when it again comes to sickness. Um, his, the way I look at it and, and some teaching that came to me that helped me is God has chosen to limit himself. He did that when he came through Jesus as a baby born through a teenage mother walking the earth, facing the same temptations that we do. Uh, He chose to limit himself. He chose to limit himself when he gave us free will to choose and not make us robots. So that doesn't make God weak, inferior, less than. He's supreme God. He reigns. He's the Lord. But he he has chosen to limit himself. And so if we keep that perspective... That's going to help us out a lot when we can erase the whole controlling everything. That, again, will make you make some bad conclusions when it comes to sickness or not, you know, someone not getting, not getting healed. Um, I don't believe God loves one person more than another. So if you see one person healed and the other person's not healed, it doesn't have anything to do with that. He's not arbitrarily choosing, yeah, I'm in a good mood today, and this is your day to be free. And this one, you're, you're just going to have to suffer a little bit longer. God doesn't work that way. Um, Psalm 115, 16 uh, says, The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. God gave us dominion over the earth. And when Adam and Eve fell, we relinquished that authority, but through Jesus we have regained it, and that's the status that we live in today. So, I've kind of talked about God's role. Let me see if I missed anything. Um, I think I'm good. 
All right, I'm going to talk about Jesus' role. Acts 10.38 God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Uh, This was a really neat, uh, when I looked up the scripture, just seeing how the Trinity was all working together there in unity regarding healing. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. Obviously, they're not putting sickness on anyone. Who were they oppressed by? They were oppressed by the devil. That's right. Not oppressed by God. So Jesus' role, he healed everyone who came to him. You can go all through the Gospels. Every person that came to him didn't walk away sick. You've got the leper, you've got demonized, you've got deaf, you've got mute, you've got lame, you've got blind, deaf, whatever, women with the issue of blood. Just take a look. There wasn't anyone that came to Jesus that, that didn't walk away free. And um, the other reason I can say it's God's will to heal, since Jesus healed everybody that came to him, God, um, the Bible says Jesus is the exact representation. So Jesus and God are equal in that. It's not like God's the, the mean father. But Jesus has a different opinion about healing. No, he's the exact representation. So the nature is the same. Wanting us to walk in divine health. <clears throat> how many how many of you are familiar with the word sozo? Yeah, everybody pretty much. Okay, so that word encompasses um a lot with salvation. Typically the church has just focused on the forgiveness aspect, which is huge. I don't ever want to minimize that or undermine it, but it's only a part of the pie. Healing is a part of that. Deliverance is a part of that. God wants us prospering. God wants us uh, in wholeness. And that encompasses everything in in salvation. Uh, Psalm 103, verse 3 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases, not some, not the easy ones, but all of them. And then Isaiah prophesies um, Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection and what it would accomplish. He says in Isaiah 53, 4, and 5, Surely he has bore our griefs, and that, that word uh, griefs is sickness and disease, and carried our sorrows, pain. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And then Matthew eight sixteen seventeen. Matthew quotes um, this Isaiah uh, prophecy. He says in that gospel, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed. They cast out. He cast out spirits with a word. And healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So prophecies fulfilled, Jesus taken on everything. Every symptom, every disease, every pain. Nothing was um, not already fulfilled. So that's all conquered. Now, that's that's the finished work. That's the true um, nature of the gospel, not a half-done half project, a, a completed, finished work. There's nothing more for him to do. He sat down at the right hand of the Father. <clears throat> now, I think it's easier for us, well, I guess it depends, but when we think about sin and forgiveness, you know, we talk about past, present, future. It's all forgive, all forgiven, and it is. Um, and we need to look at sickness the same way and not make it that other slice of the pie that somehow it's, it's, it's different. 
No, it's that same inheritance that that sickness has already been atoned for, bore on Jesus' body, already already healed. Inheritance is now. It's not waiting for us in heaven. He's not going to the cross again. There's nothing more for him to do. Now, this is going to make more sense when I get into our role. We're not there yet, but we're getting closer. But I want to focus on that. Jesus' role is his finished. Why is that important? Because we're not asking him to heal now. He already has made provision for that. All right, Holy Spirit role. Uh, Jesus lives in us through the Holy Spirit, and he's not sick. Our spirit's not sick, even though our physical body may be plagued with something. Uh, Romans 8.11 says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and he does, everybody in this room, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. That same testimony I shared at the beginning about the woman, the lifeless woman. (laughs) Life to her mortal body. All those things. She was like not functioning. And by the end of the night, it was transformation. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. That's how much power we have. And again, I'm just trying to enlighten, ignite, remind, encourage of these things about our true identity in Christ because of what Jesus has already done on the finished work. So um, another role that the Holy Spirit does, John sixteen thirteen tells us, when the Spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all truth. He's going to bear witness of truth. He's going to, he's going to let you know. Even tonight, I believe that when I'm speaking, um, or any time you're, you're reading the Word, you're hearing Larry, you're listening to other teaching, he's going to bear witness and give you peace, if that's right, or give you a check, to, you know, whatever, but... Praise God, we're not on our own in this having to figure everything out. He, he's our helper, and he's our comforter along the way. Um, he, may, he may tell you, well, he wants to tell you, no matter what you're facing with sickness, he may lead you to say, yeah, go to the doctor. Yeah, take the medication. Or he might say, no, you know, you really just need to change the way you're eating. Or he may just say, yeah, stand and believe. I want you to trust me. Whatever it is, he, he wants to show us and lead us, and we can't say that for somebody else. That's between you and the Lord and what he's telling you to do, and he knows where you're at, and God just wants us well. However we get there. Now, I believe there's a quicker way, but that doesn't mean I don't, I don't think we I don't think we never go to the doctor or we never take a pill or medication or or whatever. I mean, thank God we have that. Or there would be even more people dying sooner than need to be. But again, if we're looking to him, he's going to lead us uh, and guide us. And, and you know, he's, he's super practical. I had uh, this pain in my shoulder and upper back for some time, and it was just nagging me and wouldn't go away and I pray and still wouldn't go and was up and finally I got home from work one day and I was hanging my coat up and again I just felt the ache and I just felt him say lighten your load and I said lighten my load what do you mean lighten your purse (laughs) and I'm like that is heavy (laughs) I like put the purse on the bed and I started taking stuff out of it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it really was heavy. And in terms of just the, just this practical little thing. And I was like, wow, you know, I went to work the next day and next day and I didn't feel that 
agony of uh, soreness in my shoulder. So, you know, he wants to speak to us like that. He does. Just tuning in to those impressions. It may be a practical thing like that to, to make a change. But um, I love, I love Holy Spirit. He's talking to us um, all the time. All right, well, now I'm going to talk about our role. And this has been, I think, one of the, well, I know for me, one of the biggest areas of misunderstanding. Um, so I, I try to lay a foundation of what Trinity has all done uh, and now what, now what we do. So first thing I would encourage us all to do is take an honest examination of what we believe. We all have a belief system and and see is it is it lining up with scripture? I've read several tonight. I'm gonna to read several more before we're done. Is it lining up with the nature of God and his love? Is it lining up that Jesus' work is finished? So some essentials. Let's get clear that God is good. And the devil is bad. If we're not settled with that, then we're going to be vulnerable to doubts and lies anytime we're experiencing, you know, some of the, the, the negative thing or the, the lingering illness or whatever. Um, we just need to close that door and, and have that issue be absolutely settled. Um, one of the, Key scriptures that is a great perspective for me to always keep in mind is John 10.10. 10. Um, Jesus says, it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. It's a striking contrast. That's what we need to always keep Keep settled and keep that as that as that filter. And the devil is a really good liar. <laughs> He's a really good liar. And he loves to accuse God of not being good or accuse us of not being worthy or whatever that is to try to keep us under um, uh, underneath that cloud rather than living in a liberated, um, abundant life. But you know what? We got to be honest with God about where we're at in our belief and he can he can take it and he's not condemning us for wherever we are in that journey. Um I I love the fact of the of the father that says, "Lord, I believe and help my unbelief." That's just a true authentic statement to God and God wants that. That's part of that's part of the um loving personal relationship that we get to have with him. It's not about pretenses. It's not about faking it, um, saying something that you really don't believe. So we just start there. We just be honest. You know, we be honest with our confusion or our not understanding and, and say, Lord, give me a revelation of the truth and what am I missing? Richard and I pray that, have prayed that for years. We've had increase of understanding and revelation and some things, you know, there's, there's still question marks. But thank God we, we can be honest with the Lord. He's never going to turn us away. Okay, second thing in our role, um, be confident and unwavering of the truths of God's nature. Jesus finished work. Um, despite what our experiences try to dictate otherwise, I know I'm saying a lot of the same things and maybe just a slightly different way, but all of us in the room, I, I could be certain, have had experiences that don't add up. Um, you know, people dying young, people suffering with chronic illnesses, things that are hard to process. Um, but if we let the experience be the conclusion over what the Word of God says and His nature, we've got it backwards. And I have to sometimes just say, you know, I don't understand. 
and Lord, that's hard. (laughs) But the moment I get those things out of order and let my experience be the thing that's exalted above God and what his word says, then that's a backwards thing that is going to keep us in that discouragement and not living in the full full inheritance that that God wants for us. So um, just kind of keep that in mind. Um, and the other thing, I'm focusing more on our role in trying to get us to think about what we're believing and, and posing these, these other things that um, I have come to learn. I think it's important that we get this as grounded in ourselves as we can because um, when we're ministering, when we're trying to minister to others with all this other faulty, slippery, no foundation stuff, I just feel like we're just kind of adding to the disappointment and the disillusionment and so forth. So um, my hope is that um, these things are the things the Lord will use for you to ponder and look up the scriptures yourself, but increase the confidence level that you're settled about this um, for your own healing. Um, not the not that it means we wait to pray for others until we got it all or n- none of us would ever pray for anybody else. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, I really feel like the Lord just wants us to start with us and uh, be honest in examining what, what you're believing and let the Holy Spirit continue to speak to you to refine where it needs to be refined. Um, I know a lot of this, um, it's easier said than done. Um, this is a process, but again, we're not alone in it. Holy Spirit wants to help us wherever we're at. Um, Romans 8, 6 says, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Carnally is just being being naturally minded, um, only focused on what you read in Google and what the doctor said um, and what's going to happen to you when you get this age and symptoms and whatever. It's just the natural. Um, But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Spiritually minded is just letting Scripture rule over everything else. And that's where the battle is. That's that's what the hardest thing is when your body's telling you something, when the doctor's telling you something, when everything you're reading in the negative report is telling you something, and those things can speak so loudly. But Paul is telling us here in Romans what the fruit of that is, and um, so we just need to be we just need to be aware. What are we exalting, and what what voice are we listening to? And you know, I'm when I say this, um, this isn't about pretending and saying, "Oh, okay, well, I don't have this." <laughs> you know, your arms hurting with pain. It doesn't mean that you're not. It's a fact. You you are. Don't just you know think that because if I pretend and don't acknowledge that that. Somehow that's magically, you know, going to do, do something. Um, we're going to be honest about that fact. The issue is it's just not the ultimate truth. It, and, and this is where I'm talking about exalting what God says. By the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. We're healed. You, you were healed. Therefore, you are healed. And that's what we have to keep in mind. And, and it's kind of where you put your butt, as some have said. I can either say, uh, um, well, let me just say it on the reverse way. I'm, I have pain, but by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed, and my body is quickening, and it's lining up with his finished work. Okay, I'm acknowledging there's an issue, but 
here's the truth. Here's the, here's the, here's the good report that I'm declaring, because that's what God's word says. Um, Mark 16, 17, 20, Jesus said, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, we have the faith of Jesus in us, and it's not that we need more faith. The issue is countering the unbelief, and uh, again, those things that I've already said, exalting the doctor's report above God's report that we're already healed. It says we receive what we believe. So think about, this helps me. When I think about forgiveness, forgiveness is complete and available, but we can continue to walk in shame and condemnation, correct? There are things that are available that we don't believe, receive, get the benefit of. So taking that a step further, there may be times where you don't feel forgiven, but it doesn't mean that you're not. (laughs) It's just another example about what exalting truth above feelings and above uh, experiences. So when it comes to healing, you might not feel healed. You might feel super sick and horrible, but it doesn't mean that you're not already healed um, in your spirit. Here's a little perspective thing that helps me. Um, We're not sick trying to get well. We're well resisting sickness. Doesn't mean sickness isn't coming, but it's about resisting. And that takes me to my third point of our role. It's resisting. That's an action. It's not a passive thing at all. So what what does resist mean? Who can tell me? Stand against, push back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're opposing something. We're coming and just, just against whatever that is. Symptoms, diagnoses, the bad report, the doubts that we have. We have to actively resist it. Um, how do we do that? I've made mention of it multiple times. I think it's Second Corinthians ten five. Not mistaken it that's casting down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. There's plenty of those things. That's always looking to to try to trumpet. Um, another way we resist is that we condemn the bad report. Again, that's another active action word. Um, Isaiah fifty four seventeen says no weapon formed against you shall prosper And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Who? Who condemns the word? We do. That's right. It's not God doing it. It's we're doing it. So, as Richard said, we're speaking to that, speaking truth to the symptoms diagnosis. So let's just say um, I incurred... Um, flu symptoms, and I, I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, yeah, you got the flu. Uh, it's going to last two weeks, you know, it'll run its course, and you have this infection, and, you know, they'll tell you what they what, what their training has told them. And this is the general course, and, and this is the prognosis, and so forth. So that's something that just came at me, right, through words, I can passively just take that in, accept it. That's right. That's mine. This is the way that's going to go. Okay, well, I'll lie around till I guess, two weeks. No, if I'm going to resist that, an example would, would be me just declaring, I reject the flu. You don't belong to me. Infection 
you're leaving my body. Immune system, you be quickened with the Holy Spirit that lives in me. Body, you line up to the finished work of Jesus. See, that's a very active prayer. That's resisting. That's me opposing everything that my body might be feeling and that the doctor's projecting and the way that course is going to go versus just passively um, receiving that and concluding that this is the course and I just need to suck it up and, you know, time will, time will let it, let it in that way. But no, I want to pre, I want to preempt that. Does that make sense? Okay, Proverbs 18.21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. That's why it's so important about what we're saying over ourselves, because the more we hear something, the more it's in us, and the more we believe it. And again, it's not about magical kinds of you know words or never acknowledging a pain or never acknowledging anything like that. It's not what I'm talking about. But when we just kind of this repetitive thing that's, you know, we just need to look at the, the fruit of that verse. Um, yeah. Um, I'll read one more scripture on that. James 4, 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So. Again, more action words. And I find that that's a repeated process. That's not a one-time thing. That happened to Jesus in the wilderness, you know. He, Jesus countered him, resisted him. He left him until a more opportune time he came back. So that doesn't mean that we don't have to do that um, repeatedly. All right, a couple more couple more points. Uh, take authority over sickness. Um, that's a huge one in our identity. Uh, again, that was a whole new revel- revelation for me that I have the authority. I'm not asking God to do something that he's given me the power to do. Um, I'm not going to read every scripture I've got here now because I know we're getting late. But um, Matthew 10, 1, he's talking to the disciples, but that applies to us because we're his disciples now. We're his followers now. Jesus gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness, all kinds of disease. Same thing in Luke, power and authority over all demons to cure diseases. Luke ten nineteen giving you authority over all the power of the enemy by any means hurt you. Um, there's just over and over and over again, the commission is to us. And that again goes back to Jesus' work is done. We're commissioned now to be the ones to release his power that lives in us by telling telling whatever it is um, to leave. Not not passively asking God to heal when he's like, I've already done that. What are you doing? I'm going to take my position as a son or a daughter of of the king, already from a position of victory because Jesus bore it, overcame it, and now I'm going to speak to the problem. I'm going to declare the truth, and I'm going to release um, the power of God. Jesus rebuked a fever it left. That's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. Speaking to things. So, knowing our authority is a huge key because otherwise we're going to just um, we're going to stay passive. And then if we don't have the knowledge of that, we're going to wonder why God isn't moving, and then be frustrated because we're confused. Why didn't you move, Lord? And He says, "I gave you the key to do this." All right, my last point is to stand. And that is one of the hardest things to continue to do, particularly if you've dealt with something chronically for a long time, um, is to continue to stand and not give up and to not lose heart and, and lose hope 
and be vulnerable to, again, the faulty conclusions that the enemy wants us to believe. Um, that's what we, that's where, you know, I think we can benefit from being around other like-minded people that believe that way that are going to help strengthen you, encourage you, pray for you to continue um, to stand. Praying in tongues, if you have a, if you do pray in tongues, that's a great way to build ourselves up. And um, I would encourage you to do that as well as if you're dealing with something that doesn't seem to be leaving, moving, um, ask the Lord to reveal, or is there a hindrance uh, that's blocking that? That could be a spiritual thing. That could be a, a lie that you're believing. Um, there was a, a man that, um, uh, when Richard and I went on our mission trip, he was our host, and uh, he had, years before, he had a chronic fibromyalgia um, condition that was rendered him, again, immobile, couldn't work. He's on tons of medications. He was in chronic pain. Um, he met this couple in a coffee shop. Um, they talked. They could tell he was just barely getting along, and they invited him. They were care students. They invited him to come sit in on some classes, and then they wanted to pray for him. And so um, he did that, and they went to pray for him. And and here's where the Holy Spirit helps us again. The Holy Spirit wants to give us maybe a word of knowledge or some key to unlock whatever this condition is. And so anyway, she says, I just sense that maybe you feel unworthy to receive this healing. And he, he thought about it, and it's like, yeah, I think I do. And so he just renounced that. He renounced that lie. Uh, of being unworthy to receive this gift of healing. And um, and that was the key that unlocked years of chronic fibromyalgia. This man that could barely walk, um, you know, is running and doing all these things that he couldn't do before. And that, that hindrance was, was a lie that the Holy Spirit um, quickened to somebody. So, God, God wants to speak to us, whatever those hindrances um, might be. So, uh, Ephesians six thirteen just says, "Having done all to stand," talks about the armor of God um, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all, stand. And then Hebrews six twelve through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. And again, one of those hard things, maintaining patience, maintaining perseverance through the long haul um, with chronic things. Um, final thoughts, I promise. Um, I encourage you, what has helped me is just to start with small things that you might have more more belief for. You know, maybe someone's in a paralyzed and been in a wheelchair for 24 years, um, that might feel more daunting. But let me give you an example for me of something small, but build my confidence when I spoke to it. So I had uh, just this little canker sore, but they're little, but they're painful, and I hate them, and I get them sometimes. Had started one a couple days ago, and I'm like, no, <laughs> I rebuke you. You need to leave. I'm not standing for this. Get out of my body. And Lord, whatever my body's deficient in, I just command the restoration and everything comes back in harmony and balance. And it, you know, next day I'm like, oh, that is gone. Oh, praise the Lord. Another time I had one, I had to just press in more. Uh, Richard and I were going to go on a weekend getaway trip. I had this thing that was so painful, and I was like looking forward to this trip, and we're going to, you know, go to a nice restaurant and all, and I'm like, dang, you're not going to steal this from me. Uh, it didn't go away immediately, and I was so determined. I sat in the bedroom for I don't know how long, and I just, I just started meditating back on the scriptures about the truth. I prayed in tongues for a while. I was my righteous anger was there because I was not going to have this be stolen, and it took more persistence, but um, it left as well. 
So just a couple examples of maybe starting, starting with something small. Um, recognize condemnation or fear is not from God. If you're going to a doctor, if you're getting medication, if you're struggling with something for a long time, there's no condemnation. God loves you. God wants you well. Um, and as fear can paint a picture in our imagination of how bad something looks, try to let faith begin to paint a picture in your imagination to start seeing the process of healing occurring when you pray for yourself or for someone else. Start to see yourself be able to raise the arm that you couldn't raise or uh, the pain leaving or the tumor shrinking or whatever. Um, we're seeing pictures all the time. We might as well try to imagine with, with our faith lens. And then let, continue to let go of disappointments as they arise um, so you can give that to the Lord and let him comfort you and get your expectation um, back up. Philippians 3.13, forget those things which lie behind and press on to what lies ahead. So God has fresh perspective for us, and I encourage us to seize, seize it. Amen.